Do you consider yourself normal? Then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals show. The Weird Mountain Gals. When I grew up, a lot of traditions in my mind revolved around getting together and eating food with the family. Mm-hmm. And one of the more important holidays was called Decoration Day. Yeah. And I understand yeah. that that's not really a thing in in many other places in the country am i right no it's it's a, i think it's a southern thing and certainly it's a mountain thing where you come together at a particular time of year sometimes it's called you, you do homecoming uh in the fall of the year and that's when people have a lot of family reunions but decoration day is usually in the spring and does it always uh coincide with memorial day it's usually around there. Sometimes it's the same time. And some people call it Confederate Memorial Day. Confederate Memorial Day. Well, I know ours was usually on Memorial Day because people would have that time off. Yep. And yep. we called it Decoration Day. Um, there would be family cemeteries because mm-hmm. land was more available. And so a fa- family guy would say, okay, this acre is for the family cemetery. Yep. And that's usually be fenced off, and there'd usually be a place right outside the cemetery that would be covered over for people to bring food. Mm-hmm. And once a year, we'd all get together and we'd tend the graves mm-hmm. yeah. and put flowers on the graves mm-hmm. and put other things on the graves, flags or whatever. Right. right. Little toys family. sometimes if it was a a baby, a baby a child, or a child yeah. whose grave you were tending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful tradition. And we are working so hard in this country to reclaim funer- funerary practices because we've turned that over to businesses for so long now that the idea of, you know, grandma dying at home and and you, you know, you wash her body and put on her favorite dress and comb her hair. I think for so many people, that's just terrifying. The uh, thought of it, tending to your relatives after death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that used to be another aspect of women's work. You know, they, they would marshal somebody or shepherd somebody's a better way through that gateway into into the land of death and. And then the man would go out and build a coffin if they hadn't already. And somebody would sit in the room. Oh, yeah, that always sat up with the dead. You never left the dead alone. And there's superstitions about that, but it always just seems like the final kindness, doesn't it? It does. And me being me, I'm going to go into the science of it. And the science, you know, when you die, death is a process, and we don't always think about that. So the process of dying, there there's a demarcation place where they say, okay, now this person is dead. They're not coming back. Yeah. But you know what? As, as a person who is dying, it's been proven that the dying person can still hear. And to a certain degree, they have some thought processes going on. And so we don't know when or if or how or any of the mechanics of it. But I always felt like it would be extremely disrespectful 
to just leave a body in the hands of strangers. It does seem disrespectful. And there is a, I, uh, I did a blessing over a woman as she was dying who was a visitor to here, so she, and she didn't have a congregation. And, but the funeral home was one out of Haywood County. Mm -hmm. And they came in with a gurney with an old-fashioned quilt on it, hand-quilted quilt. Yeah. And they had another one folded up so that they took that body, they took that deceased person, and they put them on a quilt and kind of folded that oh, over now. them. And yeah. then they put the other quilt on top. So it wasn't like being zipped into a body bag or any of that stuff. And it just felt so right. And I, you know, I wish that families could also do that. Mm -hmm. So if your mm -hmm. loved one dies in a hospital, yeah. that you, you make yeah. arrangements yeah. to take them home and tend them. And, yeah. and I'm not sure about the legalities or illegalities of all that. It may be that people, that that's something you can do. It changes from state to state. Yeah. And, of course, now by necessity. So we could, uh, we could look that up. If we were smart, we could get on that Internet. And let me say, I'm not... I don't mean to be disrespectful to people who've had uh, who've had relatives die and have sent them through the funeral no, home system. No, not at all. Because honestly, I my family we've had that situation too. But I'm just stating my preference is that it feels more natural if if you are in a situation where you have loved ones to be careful about how you speak. Mm -hmm. after they've been pronounced dead mm -hmm. because I do believe that on some in some way their souls their beings their intelligence can hear what you have to say well I know when my grandmother died and I was with her when she did um, the nurse came in and checked her vitals and all of that stuff and pronounced her dead but I knew for a fact she was still there you know, uh -huh. you could just, because I... You can sense it. Yeah, and I I had known her and loved her for 40 years. So mm -hmm. I just waited and waited. I just sat with her. And then I'd call the rest of the family to let them know that she had died. And they were, the hospital was very respectful. They left us alone. They closed the door. And as family was coming in, and there came a point when all the family that was coming had gotten there. Mm -hmm. And then I felt her go. Wow. So it was like on some level she waited until everybody was there and she had the satisfaction of knowing who showed up and who didn't. And who didn't, yeah. And then she took off. I've got some some stories along those lines too. And you know, I believe that I have re-met some of my relatives hmm. in, through dreams. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and definitely. It, they didn't feel like just characters in a dream. It felt like they really had something to say to me. Yeah. Several times I've had situations that just couldn't possibly exist without someone from the other side, you know, and, and their part in it. So the dead, to me, and I'm sure to you as well, and to our tribe, people, our family and friends, they don't feel very dead. <laughs> Well, you know, who was, is it Faulkner who says in the South, the past isn't dead. Hell, it didn't even pass. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that about some relatives that, you know, they, they're in the ground. And some relatives, like I never knew, like I never knew my great-grandmother Lillian, but I feel like I know her. And that's from photographs and from stories about her. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. But, yeah, we... 
we do the we do and deal with the dead differently here than I think a lot of places do. Well, in our craft, we also oh, have absolutely. a different. Yep. We kind of have a different viewpoint, I think, or perspective on it, maybe than some and other. Some people do have grown for up sure. with, but everybody thinks that Appalachia is all Southern Baptists and banana pudding, and mm-hmm. you know all well, of that. Banana and it, pudding. Why did you have to mention banana pudding? I was thinking of an old song by Chris Rosser. Oh yeah, he's, Chris. For those of you who don't know, um, look him up, Chris Rosser. He's worth listening to. He's a great musician from the Asheville area. But anyway, he wrote a song about uh, church functions. Mm-hmm. He was talking about banana pudding on a paper plate. Yes, you know, yes. and that's a southern thing. It's it a is. southern thing. Well, and we we love to eat, we're, and we're we're known for that. We're known for eating. That's but, right. You know, somebody dies in a family, and the the overculture of American culture sometimes doesn't know how to respond to that. But by golly, in Appalachia, if somebody dies, Food. you know what to do. You fry up some chicken, you bake that cake that everybody loves that you made, and you go to the house, and that's what we do. You take them some food. That's for- right. You take food to them, and then there's mm-hmm. going to be way too much food in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and they're going to say, you load up a plate and come on in here and sit down, let's visit. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be somebody in the family that has the story of the death. Mm-hmm. And you are required to sit by them and, and hear that story. Yep. And you are not burdening them. Nope. That is their moment of uh, supreme confidence when, yeah. they, when they hold that story. And so we, we know what to do. And it, the, the, the sad thing now, I guess, is that it, people go by the grocery store to get the chicken or they... They go, they, so they're not cooking that stuff at home, but the impetus is still there. It is still there, and so I think that part, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to form this thought in my brain, but I believe that our traditions had such a good cathartic effect on yes. the family yes. who is hurting and missing somebody already, and the work that we put into the funeral rites. Mm-hmm. You see, people who are younger, they've not had to figure out what happens when somebody dies. And, of course, nowadays, everybody gets cremated. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, they don't even choose to have any memorial service. And that's their thing. It it is, but I was realizing my half-sister died three years ago, and there never has been a memorial for her. So um, I'm going to contact my nephew today and just say, so when are we going to do that? Let's get that done. Do you feel like they, that it puts them to rest a little better with a memorial service? I guess. Service you know, that's kind of an old-fashioned thing. And I'm funny because now, instead of memorials, we tend to do these a celebration of life. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, and I'm not criticizing that at all. I'm just saying that sometimes what we need as a community or a family is to all cry together. Mm-hmm. And that's what a funeral's for. It's to remember someone that was loved, and sometimes it's to remember somebody who was despised, Mm -hmm. and now we're going to translate this Mm -hmm. so that we're not speaking ill of the dead. We're going to get it out of our system. And we're going to cry, and we're going to tell the stories, because we are are a tribe of storytellers. That's what we do. I actually learned things about my grandparents at the funeral that I I didn't know about. I heard stories from people I'd never met about my grandpa when he was younger, 
and so on. So I'm here to tell you folks, if you have someone and they've passed on, you go ahead and grieve them. Mm -hmm. And don't worry, if they don't want a memorial service, um, then you don't have to give them a memorial service, no. but you need to do something to make yourself feel okay with it. Yeah. The funeral director, my friend, funeral director, he told me that funerals were for the living. Absolutely they are. They have yeah. nothing to do with the dead. The dead don't care. Uh, but I, I don't like know if I believe that. Do. But, I think yeah. the dead do care. Yeah, and so. and you, you want to follow their wishes. I mean, again, with my grandmother, we... So my, my mother's family uses one funeral home here in town. My daddy's family uses the other funeral home. Are they Democrats and Republicans? Uh, no, I don't know <laughs> what they are. The Baptist and Methodist, maybe? I don't know. But uh, when my grandmother had died and she wanted to be buried a particular way, she wanted to be buried on her side. And the funeral director said, oh, no, we don't really do that. I said, no, no, let me tell you what she told me. She wants to be buried on her side because she never could sleep on her back, is what she told me. And I said, so I'm passing on to you. That's what she wants. And he said, well, ma'am, I just, and I said, look, all I had to do was tell you that's what she wants. But if you don't do it, she's not going to come haunt me. She's going to come haunt you because you're the one that disobeyed. And he just sort of laughed, and I never asked again. So I hope she was buried on her side, but she, she hadn't was. come to me to say, well, they didn't do what I told them to do. <laughs> but, and that's something you can do, too, and I encourage everybody to do this, is to sit down with family and friends and plan your funeral and let them know yeah. what you want. Find out what they want. And, and then do it for them if you can. Yep. It's a hard subject to talk about, and, you know, it's not the thing that everybody would want to hear all the time about and we're not going to talk about it all the time yes but, but i think it's it's kind of fun it kind of is and in a weird way and the the veil is thin right now oh it has been thin for years oh here. i know but this time of year everything is on my mind and people it's like a I, I walk certain places and i can just hear the ancestors you know i can just i can just hear my granny i can hear my mm -hmm. grandfather i can just well, I wish I, I could see him again. Yeah. I just got a whiff of frying onions. Hmm. And I know that's the previous occupant of this house. Oh. She, this house always smelled like fried onions when she lived here. Really? And I just got a whiff of it, yeah. Oh. So I think I think Ms. Revis is here. Hello, Ms. Revis. Hanging out with us. How interesting. Yeah. I've felt her presence here before mm -hmm. myself. Yeah. And I knew it, that it was a female house. I knew oh, it was yeah. a female's house. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, y'all, the house is beautiful. The hand blue ceiling is beautiful. You know what we ought to do one of these days is have a party down here and invite our friends to come and see the house and sit on the hand blue ceiling porch mm -hmm. and maybe play some music and do some singing. Wouldn't that be fun? And have a big old feast in here on this big I enjoy table. doing that. That'd be good. If we ever join the world of technology, maybe we can live stream that or something. Oh, wouldn't that be good? Yes. And we could, well, and we could, uh, we could put out a little jar if we were raising money for a particular thing. We could. And let people come. Or they could do like a covered dish. And somebody could bring that spice cake. Do they still have the covered boil dishes? frosting? Oh, I love that. I got to bring the the deviled eggs. Oh, I love deviled eggs are so easy to make, and they seem so fancy, don't and they? They do, and they don't cost much. No, and, and they taste delicious. 
I think I could eat feet. my weight in deviled eggs. Oh, I hope not. But anyway. <laughs> Are you insinuating right. I'm heavy? No. <laughs> no. I'm just Are saying. Are you insinuating what would happen if I ate that many deviled yes, eggs? Yes, cholesterol. Yes, you know. So, y'all, it's been a good afternoon. Uh, we've enjoyed talking with you. We have. And we kind of got off Decoration Day. So, let's go back to that some other time. And talk about the, you know, all the other stuff that happens then. We can visit that. We can visit that anytime. Take care. Thank you for coming. Y'all, make the food you like to eat and bring it to people you love. Yes. Do it before they die. Yeah. Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have, so I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Many thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig. Check out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. W-Y-R-D Mountain Gals.